0: hello everybody and welcome to the for the win podcast i am your tuesday host charles curtis and we just finished up with the british open and all everybody can talk about despite the fact that we had a a great champion in francesco molinari all everyone can talk about is tiger woods so i had to bring on nick schwartz who writes about golf for for the win who does a lot of other stuff we're going to talk about some other stuff besides golf but nick what's going on how are you
1: Charles, it's going to be here. yes, very exciting sports weekend, and maybe the last exciting uh, sports weekend for a while, looking at the schedule. But oh, but NFL's we'll coming see you back. See we can get it. Ah, uh, that's true.
0: Yeah. So yeah, I wanted to to kind of just turn this into the Tiger Cast for a little while, and the question really is: Is Tiger back? What do you think? Uh, it, it, it
1: depends on on how you define is Tiger back. I mean, I think Tiger uh, proved this weekend that he can clearly win tournaments. I mean, he's shown throughout this season, even though even though he hasn't won, he's come close so many times. Uh, so is Tiger back in the sense that uh, he can play golf, he, he can walk, he can like get out of his bed in the morning without you know searing back pain and 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 play the game? Uh, yeah, he's back. Is he back to like 2000 2001 form? No, but you know he probably never will be.
0: Uh, that's my takeaway right it's like we're finally at the point where tiger is sort of back in a rhythm in a in a in the ability to to do this for four straight days and not necessarily back-to-back weeks forever like he used to but uh, you know every two weeks every three weeks whatever it is he's competing and i think everyone clamoring for him to win a major i, I think they'll, you know i think that we can bring up the question of like Is he going to win a major? Like, I don't see it right now, but the fact that he's competing in a way with other golfers in this sort of more even field, that's huge. Like, people should be thanking their lucky stars for that after he went through those back surgeries and all that off-the-course problems. Like, to see him come back to where he is. So in that way, Tiger's back to me, and I'm fine with that, and I'm, like, really happy to see him competing on a high-level level uh, with some of these younger guns who can, you know, out drive him and out-sometimes uh, out-short-game him. And, but we saw some vintage Tiger, too.
1: Yeah, you know, I, it was funny. I saw this weekend, It was some tweet uh, where people were pointing out that the whole narrative, because for years we've we've been going on with this narrative that, like, eh, Tiger's really not that important. We have all these, like, young players. Golf is in a great spot. But then uh, if you looked at the Twitter trending topics uh, on Sunday and Saturday, Tiger had like 200,000 tweets about him. And and the next closest was Jordan Spieth with like 15,000 or something. Clearly, Tiger uh, being around is very important.
0: Yeah, he moves the needle. uh, And we knew that kind of. Um, Do you think that right now, and I was wondering this after what we saw on Sunday and, and the whole week. Do you think that he deserves a spot on the Ryder Cup team? Because there's been some talk like, uh, I'm not so sure. We'll have to see. Like, obviously, he's not making it through the, the, the traditional rankings. But as a captain's pick, like, do you think he deserves to make that team? Uh,
1: well, when you look at the United States roster, I mean, it, it looks loaded. Uh, yeah, I mean, we saw a guy, Xander Chaufelet, uh, who we didn't really even know who that guy was two years ago. He was in contention to win the British Open this year. So there's so many like great young American players. Brooks Koepka is another one. Uh, But I I mean, when you look at the tenth guy who would be on the team, and then you look at Tiger Woods, I I think you want Tiger Woods on on the team given his experience.
0: By the way, do you know who the tenth
1: guy is right now in the standings? Uh, No, I don't. Phil Mickelson. That's a good question.
0: Phil Mickelson.
1: Oh, is it? (laughs) Oh well, that's perfect. You know, I'd rather have Tiger than Phil. Right? I, as would I. I mean, I just think that the
0: presence of Tiger Woods is worth a stroke or two. And it still is. In some ways, I think that, that you know, it used to be different, right? Everyone used to change their games based on facing Tiger Woods because it was the Tiger effect. And now, but I still think there are guys who are in awe of him. Um, but, I, you know, you kind of wonder in a Ryder Cup setting, like, you know, a Team Europe kind of amp itself up to be like, we're going to take down Tiger Woods. But I still think... Would I rather have him over a guy like like um, uh, Phil Mickelson or Matt Kuchar, who's like twelfth? I I would. I certainly would just yeah. for
1: experience
0: and for you know maybe coaching too.
1: Right. And how often have we seen Tiger? You know, even though he hasn't won this year, he, generally he's like hanging around. You know, it's not like he's uh, it's not like he's you know over the last couple of years. Usually when we see Tiger, he's pretty awful. Uh, you know, he's been consistent. Like he, he's he's slow like you said he's getting a rhythm he's getting better and better uh, by the time we get to this fall in the Ryder Cup I mean he's probably going to be a top 10 player in the world and not in the rankings but at least in terms of their form
0: which is just crazy isn't it to to where we are now after all those back surgeries and all that. And, uh, there's another component to it too that I've really enjoyed is he talked about like embracing his kids afterwards like I think he's having fun out there, and I think doing it in front of his kids is a factor. Like, I I see—it's not the sort of steely-eyed, like, you know, win-at-all-cost, beep-boop robot tiger. Like, this is sort of a softer tiger who's sort of learned—I'm not taking away from his competitive edge. Like, obviously, that's still there, and his competitiveness, you see. When there's a guy, you know, yelling in his backswing, obviously he's irate, but I I don't know. There's something— there's some aspect of it that I've seen him talk about that just makes it seem like he's enjoying this time in a way that that maybe he wasn't before. Do you feel that way, or am I totally making that up? Uh, well, I think it's...
1: No, I don't know. I don't think you're making it up. But I also think it's just uh, he's older. I think it's so hard for an athlete to kind of keep up that Kobe Bryant-type, like, maniacal drive and, and, and persona for so long. Like, that's a lot of effort, I feel like. So... You know, uh, when we see stuff like Tiger and Phil, you know, bitter rivals in the past just kind of palling around and like playing a a practice round with each other, Uh, you know, I think these guys are just older. They're more experienced. Like they don't, not to say they don't care as much, but they realize that, you know, it's not really their game anymore. So they're just, uh, they don't have to carry themselves the way that they used to
0: uh what else did you see at the british open that you felt like was notable besides obviously you know we have a winner and we had tiger competing
1: yeah well i mean uh well one thing when you look at the leaderboard uh and you look at we talk about tiger dominating in the past uh even if tiger does get back to that you know that crazy form he had the the leaderboards the fields he has to play against now in 2018 are just ridiculously hard. I mean, you had you had Justin Rose and Rory McIlroy finish second in this tournament. Uh, you had Jordan Steve, uh competing, you know, in the final group. Uh, I mean, when you think back to maybe two thousand two, like who, if if Phil Mickelson and Vijay Singh had bad days, like who was Tiger really beating?
0: Yeah, it is a way more even field. You're
1: absolutely right about
0: that. And even guys like Jason Day, who had a really uh, nice Sunday. Right. Um, he he is in a full field and and obviously the he's more even with them now right he's not tiger woods superhuman golfer he's tiger woods super competitive golfer with these names and that is uh, another good point about it that he's not just facing that kind of you know his own personal uh comeback story but he's he's surrounded by all these talents that are uh, who were inspired by him and you know became uh, golfers probably because of them and maybe didn't pursue other sports you know if you want to run that theory up up the uh up the flagpole um but yeah I, I mean my my biggest takeaway is is you know there's so many future stars there you know uh that that are comp- uh, competing in these majors that we might see a different major winner in every major from now on it just feels that way right like Dustin Johnson who didn't even make the cut because I think he was too long of a driver but he might be the guy who still emerges as the the multiple major winner but then again like you know you've got these young guns uh Spieth already you know potentially was on his way to winning and you got like Tony Finau, who you know I love, who I, I keep uh, kind of wanting to win. And, uh, you know, Tommy Fleetwood, who's a younger guy. And, like, uh, uh, you know, we talk about Day, who's, who's been around for a while. The names just go on and on and on and on. Patrick Reed. Patrick Reed's already won. You know, uh, it's, 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 it's a lot of guys.
1: One guy who you have to wonder if he is ever going to win is Ricky Fowler, who uh, yeah. the first two days at Carnoustie, he, he played really well. He had himself within a couple of shots of the lead. And then he goes 73, 72 over the weekend and just kind of, you know, disappears uh, from the thick of it. Uh, And he's done that a lot of times. I mean, there's so much hype around Ricky Fowler because he's got such a huge fan base. He's a great guy. I mean, he's a great golfer. Uh, Not to say, I'm not trying to say he's overrated or anything, but, you know, he's got kind of that like Sergio Garcia career path going on where, you know, if he doesn't break through now, you know, who? we might be seeing a 40 year old Ricky Fowler win at the masters in 2000 you know 30 or something like that
0: right oh it's so awful It's tough in particular with golf because we've seen this happen so many times with the greatest player not to win a master uh, to, to win a major and it's just so sad because it just keeps happening because how hard is it to win a golf tournament you have to do it amazingly for four straight days uh, on these really tough courses that are out there to get you and Ricky Fowler just it just is like, it's you you see him put it together for like you said 2 days and then 2 days it's off and then you see in a tournament he doesn't make the cut it, he's but he's great his greatness is is there and i it's just it stinks that you have to win a major to be qualified as you know one of the all-time greats cuz i would say he's in the conversation for this generation is one of the all-time greats just because he's he's had some wins he's consistent uh i'd throw in the the fashion thing that like he he's taken this uh, sort of like biker fashion I, biker is the wrong word right like motocross fashion and brought it to the golf course and there are all these younger people who you've seen them on the course like in his clothes you know what I mean and like I, there's something about him you just really want him maybe it's him him being baby faced I don't know what it is <laughs> you're always like man <laughs> just put it together
1: yeah he he seems like the closest thing that golf has to you know, kind of a mainstream uh, pop culture star after Tiger. Yeah. You know, Jordan Spieth is, is great. He's a better golfer, but he's super boring. Uh, <laughs> Rory McElroy is, you know, not American, so, he, you know, there's going to be some kind of a limited appeal there. Um, but, but Ricky seems to have it all except for the major victory.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that you said that about Spieth, and yet there he was on Sunday talking about his haircut that he went into the village and got. I thought that was hilarious so yeah yeah uh well let's uh let's take a little break and hear from our sponsors and then we'll we'll talk about some other stuff support for the for the win podcast comes from our friends at rocket mortgage by quicken loans america's premier home purchase lender let's talk about buying a home it can be one of the most important purchases you'll ever make but today's fluctuating interest rates can leave you with unexpected higher payments, which can turn a great experience into an anxious one. That's why Quicken Loans created their exclusive power buying process. Here's how it works. They check your income, assets, and credit to give you a verified approval. This gives you the strength of a cash buyer making your offer more attractive to sellers. Once verified, you qualify for their exclusive rate shield approval. They'll lock your interest rate for up to 90 days while you shop for your new home. Then once you've found one, if rates have gone up, your rate stays the same. But if rates have gone down, you get to keep that new lower rate. Either way, you win. It's the kind of thinking you'd expect from America's largest mortgage lender. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com. ftw Rate shield approval only valid on certain 30-year purchase transactions. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply based on Quicken Loans data in comparison to public data records, equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states, and Org number 3030. All right, let's move on to something that you and I are both very passionate about. I mean, we're, we're vaguely passionate about golf, but I would say we've had more chatting about the NBA recently, uh, and Kevin Love just got a big new contract today. What's your, what's your initial takeaway?
1: Kevin Love got a ton of money so he just uh reportedly signed a, a four-year 120 million dollar extension uh according to Woj, he he took slightly less than the max so i guess he he agreed to a slightly friendly deal for the caps but that's still a whole lot of money for kevin love in, in a post lebron era uh i mean if you're if you're a kobe altman are, are you paying kevin love that money
0: uh, do you, you kind of have to? I, yeah, I, does and it ties up their cap space. Like, but of course you're right. You're, you're extending your own player, so maybe they're 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 thinking like there's no interest on the market for Kevin Love. I mean, if it were me, I would have I would trade him immediately because uh, you know middle is death. I, I've said that to death on this podcast podcast, but. I don't know. Maybe they feel like they need a star and uh, maybe they think they can compete in the East. But yeah, I'm not so sure. Kevin Love is a very talented player. I'm very excited from a fantasy perspective because he's going to be a great player on a kind of iffy team. And so, you know, the the points will go up for sure uh, and probably the rebounds and all that stuff will, will go up. So from that perspective, I'm kind of excited.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a good point, because it'll be really interesting to see if Kevin Love can go back to that kind of Timberwolves level of production, uh, which might not actually help the Cavs be any good, but it, it'll be certainly be good for the people who own him in fantasy leagues. Yeah. Uh, but I guess the question is, uh, you know, even with Kevin Love, and let's just assume they don't really bring anybody else in at this point because free agency's sort of dried up. So you got Kevin Love, Colin Sexton, and a bunch of guys who uh, – carried by LeBron last year. Is that even good enough for, for middle of the pack? I mean, to, to me, they, they still kind of look like a lottery team, right?
0: I think they do. I, I, it gives me pause, though, because there are names on this team that I think to myself, well, man, if they can do X, Y, and Z. You know, you, you've got role players. Like, if Jordan Clarkson can not do what he did in the finals and and just shoot abysmally, like, that'd be great. But Kyle Korver's old, and uh, uh, you know, you've got like Larry Nance, who I love, who's kind of a a defensive uh, hustle player, and, and George Hill, who's overpaid, and yeah, I don't see it. I don't see it in the East, uh, and the East has gotten, obviously, better. I mean, the, the Raptors now have Kawhi Leonard, assuming that he plays, and the Celtics are amazing, and the Sixers are great, and the Indiana Pacers are a dark horse there, and then I guess, yeah, the Bucks and the Wizards are probably going to end up with a, a playoff spot. And everybody else is kind of, and also ran, I don't see Cleveland making the playoffs. Uh, who would be a team that would replace them? What about, like, the Pistons, maybe,
1: who almost made it last year? Right, well, the Pistons, of course, they brought in Blake Griffin to, to pair with DeAndre uh... Andre Drummond. <laughs> DeAndre, uh, Andre Drummond, right. Uh, you can you can edit that, hopefully. Um, <laughs> brought in Blake Griffin to, to pair with Andre Drummond. Uh, everybody kind of expected them to maybe make the playoff push. They were—it was pretty late in the season already. And then they just sort of fell flat. I mean, I—I I think they played under 500 from that point in the season on. So, I mean, maybe, maybe if Blake Griffin avoids injury and, and, and plays to his potential, they can sneak in as a seven or a six.
0: Yeah, maybe. And and Dwayne Casey is there, and he's—he maybe he'll figure out kind of the the disparate parts there, because like Blake Griffin is. You know, like Drummond will be the the garbage collector, right? The blocks and the, the 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 rebounds, and then you've got and he doesn't block as many shots as he should, by the way. But but that's besides the point. He kind of plays, especially last year, you saw Drummond kind of play this hybrid, like put the ball in his hands and maybe he'll throw in a pass. Uh, you know, from the from the wing, it was kind of fun to to watch and see Drummond develop that way. But yeah, like Griffin will be your your main scorer, and then you've got Reggie Jackson. So it's a bunch of parts, and they got to put it all together. But that would be the team I could see that could replace the Cavaliers. But maybe the Cavaliers are, you know, an eight, sneaking as an 8-seed. Uh, because, you know, the Knicks are terrible. The Hornets aren't that good, and I feel like they're going to trade uh, Kem- uh, Kemba Walker. And the Nets are a sneaky, fun team to watch, but they're not quite there yet. The Bulls will be terrible. The Magic will probably be bad, and the Hawks are rebuilding. So, yeah, uh, the Cavaliers might have a shot at the 8-seed, but that's their upside. That's it. And how sad is that for Cleveland fans? But they got their championship. Nothing to complain about.
1: Yeah, so speaking of uh, former teammates of LeBron James, we go from Kevin Love to Dwayne Wade, uh, who reportedly, uh, I'm reading, has a three-year, $25 million offer to go play for, I don't want to butcher the uh, the city name, or the province name, rather, but the Golden Bulls in China, uh-huh. uh, which would be... You know, three years, 25000000 million doesn't sound like a whole lot, but it would be a, a pretty big upgrade from what he's getting, at, at least salary-wise, uh, in the in, in the NBA at this age. Uh, I don't know. If, if you're doing Wade, how much money has to be on the table for you to, you know, pack up, move away from your family, and go play in China?
0: Yeah. Doesn't he have a deal with Li Ning, the, the, the Chinese apparel company, right? Like... Yes, I believe so. There's some history there, yeah. yeah so I feel like, uh, you know, I don't know. That's, um, that's a factor. Uh, maybe he, he sees the, the marketing there. I think I wouldn't go. I think it, it depends on how competitive you are, right? Like, I think some of these athletes talking about their, you know, when they retire, suddenly there's a void in their life and they don't know how to fill it. So Dwayne Wade, I mean, he showed last year. He still got something left. Um, I don't know if the, the Heat feel like bringing back or if he wants to even come back. I wouldn't do it for twenty five million. I wanted to make more money. No. That's my take.
1: No, I mean we, we hear all the time about these uh soccer stars who go over to China's soccer league and get paid like enormous amounts of money, you know, double what Dwayne Wade would be getting over this three year span. Uh yeah, if I'm Dwayne Wade, like I'm not going over there unless you're gonna start at fifty million. Uh if you're gonna if you're gonna offer me a long term contract like three years. Yeah. Uh, I,
0: I'm surprised that, that he's not come Well, you know, maybe it's him who's holding it back, right? Maybe he doesn't want to come back to the Heat. That's, that's possible. Yeah. It is. It's it's so, it's, uh, isn't the NBA the greatest? <laughs> <It's>, it really <laughs> has taken over. And, and just the intrigue of, of, you know, Dwayne Wade potentially signing in China and Kevin Love signing a, a long-term extension with the, the Cavs. I mean, we're nearly at NFL camps. And here we are still talking about the intrigue that swirls around this, this league. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we haven't
1: even really talked about Kawhi. Uh, what do you make of the Kawhi deal in, in Toronto? I mean, where do you see Kawhi in a year? Is he still a, a member of the Raptors? No, definitely not. <laughs> That's
0: my feeling. I just, I, look, I hear great things about Toronto as a city. And I hear that there are people saying, oh, you know, Kawhi Leonard's really going to fit in in Toronto and actually fall in love with the city and fall in love with the franchise and, and stay around. But what uh, if, if this whole mess has, has taught us nothing, it's, it's that Kawhi, he has his mindset on something and he wants to do it. And, uh, he got his, you know, himself out from San Antonio. And, you know, I think that in a year he'll say the only, the, the, the only way to win a, a title right now is to go to L.A. And, and join LeBron, or I can't think of another team that might be able to fit him in, but that would be the way I would do it. And I know you have some strong feelings about Kawhi Leonard, so I'd love to hear your take.
1: Yeah, I mean, I suppose on staff, I'm, I'm the most uh, anti-Kawhi of, of <laughs> all of us. Uh, yeah, the whole, the whole past year has just really soured me on Kawhi. Uh, but what's interesting is today it was reported that, that Jordan Brand is not gonna is going to walk away from his shoe deal. Uh, so now Kawhi's looking at, you know, let's say he does want to go to L.A. So he gave up the, the Supermax in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. He took less money, or he's, he's going to make less money in Toronto. Uh, and then if he goes to Los Angeles a year from now, he's going to be making, you know, in terms of total contract value, something like $80 million less than he would have if he just stayed in San Antonio. And now with his shoe contract expiring, you know, he's in a position where if he doesn't You know, if he chooses to sit out in Toronto, if he further's, if he, you know, if he further tanks his image in Toronto, or if he plays and he's just not as good as he was, uh, that's that's just a ton of money that he's going to be missing out
0: on. You're absolutely right, and it's, but it's, it weirdly, it's not about the money for him, and that's the mystery, and that's the kind of thing about Kawhi that I think is well the weirdest thing. It's a mystery. He's a mystery. I
1: mean, we we think it's not about the money for Kawhi. We also thought Kawhi was like the perfect superstar who everybody <laughs> wanted on their team, and then look at what has happened over the past six months or so. So, yeah, uh, yeah. We'll, we'll see. I, I think at the end of uh, his career, Kawhi's going to look back and, and say, wow, I really wish I could have that extra, like, $150 million right about now. Oh, uh, yeah,
0: the super max. The super max to me is that like, it's, it's built for that very reason where you say, well, here's a superstar, we're going to keep him because we can throw the most money at him and then some. Uh, and, and him turning it down was, is sort of intriguing. It means something was really, really sour in San Antonio, which will we ever find that out? I, not from San Antonio's side, I bet, but maybe Kawhi will say, you know, what, what happened or he or he'll just claim up and say, I'm, I'm a Toronto Raptor now and pull the, pull the Belichick.
1: Well, hopefully Popovich, when he retires, will write, you know, some kind of book or something that like, just goes all in on us.
0: Oh, the sound you just heard was me clicking on Amazon and pre-ordering that. That would be amazing, Nick. Where can we, where can we find your stuff on on Twitter? Uh, you can find me at uh, Nick underscore Schwartz. Nick, thank you so much for joining us, and
1: uh, speak to you real soon.